Welcome to the One City Church audio experience. My name is Jesse Dan Yusuf and I serve as the lead pastor. Our vision at One City is to see everyone everywhere becoming one with God. You're about to listen to one of our messages. We hope you leave inspired, motivated and blessed. The title of our message today is called, Is for the Glory of Him. And our anchor text today is Revelation 5. If you know anything about me, we're going to read a lot of scriptures. So if you have a Bible, if you are there, Revelation 5. So we're going to read all of Revelation 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne in scroll, written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming the loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirit of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And he sang a, song, a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And all the elders fell down and worshipped. Hallelujah. So help me reduce the beat. So I'm just going to rush through my introduction quickly and get to the main point. So in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, yes? And then God created the earth with a plan, right? So that the earth would look like he's dwelling in heaven, yes? So God, you can be answering me, it's okay. Yes? Yes. So God, the, heaven is, the heavens are his throne, the Bible says. And then God created the earth to be like an extension of himself. Yes, so just the way as it is in heaven, yes, on earth. So God created us. And then God gave us an example on how the earth is supposed to be. 
by creating the Garden of Eden, yes? So he created the heavens, created the earth, and created an example on how the earth is supposed to be eventually. All right. And not only did he show us an example of how the earth should be, he showed us an example of how we ought to live on the earth. So the Bible records in still in Genesis that God will come in the cool of the day, you know, and speak to him, and that's how he caught him in the first place, yes? So we noticed that there, there was a close relationship, and the distance between heaven and earth was not far. Yes, because God could stroll, say, where are you? I didn't see you, you know, yes, and says, no, we are hiding something, something, okay. And in Genesis 1 still, the Bible records that when he created Adam and Eve, they were both naked and they were not. And why were they not ashamed? Because the glory of God had covered them. Yes? So in the presence of God, they were free to be who they were because of the relationship they had with God. And there was nothing to be ashamed of that until sin came into the world and things changed. So we see that in the creation, the Bible says, and God created the trees with seed. We learned yesterday, and the birds of the air, and he gave them a command to replicate after their own kind. And when he spoke to, when he created man, he gave them a blessing and said, be fruitful and, and. So man will replenish the earth with what? After his own kind, just the way God created everything. So we see in the beginning that God made us with the ability to replicate personhood. Yes? So this is how, we, this is how the, the process is. God gave birth to man and put in man the ability to replicate him. Yes? To give birth to things that look like him. And then God showed us an example on how to live. Yes? And then God gave us the power to execute the example that he gave us. Is that okay? And then sin came into the world and everything shall scattered. And Jesus came into the world and repeated the same process. So for us to be restored back to the original plan that God had in the beginning, we have to be what? Born again, right? God has to give birth to us again. And through Jesus Christ, God gave us an example on how to live in the new life that we have. Yes, and then we shall receive after the Holy Spirit has come upon us. So the process is replicated again in Jesus Christ. So the reason why we have to be born again is because in us, in the beginning of creation, is the ability to replicate after our kind. And that's why sin could spread from Adam to the child that's to come. Because in all of us is the ability to produce after our kind. So as long as we keep replicating outside of Christ, we will replicate just the way we are. And so that's why Jesus Christ did not come to do a rehabilitation project. Because if he had done that and had washed us clean, we would have still replicated sin after our own kind. And so that's why we have to be born again. We have to be born anew. The, the old has to die for the new to be birthed because of that creative ability to replicate after our kind. So God, God in Jesus Christ gave birth to us. Yes? And then he, Jesus did not just give birth to us and go. He lived a life. So he was born and he lived so that we can have an example. 
But when he, was, when he was done setting the example and he was leaving, he said to the disciples that they should wait in Jerusalem and they will receive power. So what's the power for? So that we can replicate after our, the new kind that we have become. Everybody following so far? Okay. So this is the pattern. New birth, how to live, executes the will of God. So if you notice in everything I'm saying, there's just one recurring thing is that God still wants his will done. Yes? So when God created the earth, he had a plan for it. And the plan was destroyed or distorted. And he set another plan to bring us back to the place where his will will still be done. And so what, is, what then is, is that will? What then are we born again for? Yes, um, the goal of God in creation would always be that we will replicate what he has done in heaven as it is on earth. That plan hasn't changed. Let me just give you a short disclaimer. I'm not going to say anything that you've not heard. I just want to communicate a burden and a heart to you. Okay? Is that, is that okay? So God's plan has not changed. Yes, the goal of God in creation is that we will replicate him on the earth until the entire earth is filled with the glory of God. Until the entire earth looks like what God had in mind. Okay, so in Habakkuk 2 verse 14, it says the Habakkuk, the prophet, was, you know, was, you know, angry with God, was shouting, was asking God, he asked God a lot of questions from verse 1 and verse 2. He said, I will stand upon my watch and I will hear what the Lord, you know, would say about this, my complaint. And God was talking to me and said, I've seen all the things that he has done. And I will send a foreign nation, yes, to come and fulfill my will. But when God was speaking about that foreign nation, that's when he said, for the earth. That means it's not just the... It's not just the correction of Israel. Yes, the fact that he will use, because Habakkuk was wondering why he would use a foreign ungodly nation. And God was telling him that for the earth, the entire earth, so not just the nation of Israel, but for any nation I use, for, because the goal is still the same, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So what then is glory? Yes, if God is so particular about seeing his glory, sometimes when we hear the word glory, we think it's just simply splendor or lavishness. So we just be like, this God is sharp, proud. He just wants to sit in heaven and let's everywhere. It's like, we imagine it to be like um, campaign posters. When you are running for election, your face is everywhere. Like how... Our president's first surprised us, you know. We just woke up one morning and saw his face everywhere. So when we say that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, we just think that God just wants to sit down somewhere and paste his poster everywhere. And we just wake up and are like, wow, what a God. Glory is the intrinsic, a commentary says that God's glory is his intrinsic and radiant excellence, holiness, and majesty. 
There are three words used in scripture to represent glory. The first word is covered. Yes, it means weight. It means weight. And this is um, where we see this clearly is in Exodus 33, verse 18, when uh, Moses was having a conversation with the Lord about who will go with us. God says, we'll see. I'm tired of you people. Not going again. Go. And Moses says, see, if you don't go with us, we are not going. Your presence must go with us. And you know, they're having a conversation. And God was saying to Moses, I will go with you because you have found favor in my sight. And Moses was bold enough to ask God, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your glory. Yes. And God said to him, I will make my goodness. So he asked for the glory of God. And God said to him, I will make my goodness to pass before you. And I will proclaim my name before you. The Lord and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have mercy. See, he asked for the glory, to see his glory. And for God's glory, so to understand the weight, when the, God's glory comes upon a place, is the weight of God that comes upon a place. So when he says, show me your glory, God says, I would first allow my, for, my, for you to be able to carry my weight. I have to allow my goodness pass before you. Then I, will, I would now proclaim my name to you, the Lord. Then I will be gracious. Do you understand? For you to carry the weight of God's glory, God has to be gracious to you. And then he has to be merciful to you. You know why? Because God, the, I said earlier that God's glory is his intrinsic and radiant excellence. Holiness and majesty. And the Bible says that God is holy and God cannot behold sin. That means we in our mortal state to be able to carry the weight of God's glory, God's mercy has to be close by. Because the, the high priest in, in that day when he goes once, once a year to that thing, they usually tie bell on his, his um, kaftan. The tie bell on that because he's approaching the what he's approaching the glory of God and if you do anyhow is if that bell is not ringing they will just drag him out because the weight of the glory of God will shatter anything that does not is not able to carry the holiness of God so when we say that the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. One of the things we are talking about is weight. Are we following so far? The second word, um, the second word in scripture used to explain glory is light or radiance. So in Revelations 21, 23 to 27 it says, And I saw no temple in the city, for in for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city had no need for the sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it its light. And its light, lamp is the Lamb. Yeah? By its light, the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. And they will bring into it the glory and honor of all the nations, for nothing unclean will ever enter it, 
nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but those who are written in the Lamb's book of light. So another word for glory is what? Is light. Is the ability to know, to see God in his fullness. Right? That is the glory of God. So what do you use light for? Generally, you use light to see. Yes? Light is also a source of power. Yes, because even, even the knowledge that you gain because of light empowers you to be able to act upon the knowledge that you have. Just the way you have electricity, the knowledge of the power that electricity possesses allows you to plug into things and operate based on the things that you're getting. So when the glory of God comes upon it, the knowledge of the glory of God comes upon a place, you are endued with power to execute on God's behalf. Yes? And that's what glory is. I will try my best. Another word for glory is presence. Exodus 40, 34 to 35. Okay, yes, we'll read that. But we should also read Isaiah 6, 3. It says, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. That means, the, like I explained earlier, yes, the glory of God is his presence. So let me... See if I can explain this thing. Any human example I use, just know it's under representation of God, but it, it drives home the point. When a person enters a place, who the person is enters the place. Yes? So, for example, if you've never met Putin, if you've never met him before, you don't know him, you've never seen his picture, you don't even know the stories about him. He walks into this place. You're going to treat him like any other person. Until your friend will call you and say, do you know who that is? Say, no. He's just a nice guy. I greeted him, you know. He just says that my name is Putin. I came from, you know. And my friend say, come, come, let me tell you something. And sits you down and gives you the... The low down. You know, by the time your friend is done talking to you and you turn your gaze upon the person, that person has become another man. Why? This glory has entered the room. Do, do you understand what that means? So when the, when the Bible talks about glory and it says presence, is that God, when God enters a place, all of God enters the place. So everything that is in God fills the place. So both his glory, his goodness, his mercy, his, his, his faithfulness, his, his godness enters the place in fullness. I'm going somewhere. And then when the Bible talks about glory, the last um, word we use is future hope. Yes, um, Romans 8, 18 says, and Paul was speaking and says, For I consider that the sufferings of these present times are not worth compared to the glory that is to be revealed. You know, the earth is groaning and waiting for, in expectations for the sons of God to be revealed. It just talks about a future, you know, a future hope. I'm going somewhere, guys. I'm going somewhere. So, I spoke to you about the process. You know, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created the earth so that the glory of his presence. So we know what glory is now. So when I say glory, you know what I'm talking about, yeah? And so God created the earth so that his glory will fill the earth. Are you following me? 
I, I need you to be excited soon. Yes, future glory, yes. So he, God's, when God created the heavens, yes, he created the earth. And when God created us, he created us as a replica of him. So we carry the glory of God. And God placed us upon the earth so that we can fill the earth with his glory. And that's why he gave us that commission that we should be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth because his glory has now been placed on the earth and that glory has to fill the earth. Is, is that clear? Yes. So I established that. But I first established that that's the will of God. Yes, and then I shared with you the pattern that we see in Christ. So for us to replicate that glory, we have to be new creatures. Yes, born in Christ for us to replicate. And I asked, I asked you, what is that will that God wants to establish? Is that his glory will be seen. And I explained to you what glory is, yes? So now, what is our assignments really? You see, that ministry of reconciliation God gave us is not simply, it's a reductionist view if you think it's just for people to give their lives to Christ. The reconciliation is to reconcile the earth back to the place where the glory of God can feel it. Because that is the original plan of God. Why are you reconciling people back to God? Is it just so that we can go to heaven or just so that we can, you know how, you know, um, so many scriptures just talk about how, you know, we were lost, we are now found. Why are you found? Why are they finding you? Do you understand what I'm, I'm saying? Because the original plan was one. And that plan was broken into two because of sin. So the part one is to reconcile the glory back. Because I've established to you that because God replicated himself in us, we are now the glory of God. So the part one of that plan is for us to get back our glory. Well, not our glory. To become back glory. Yes? So that we as glory can replicate God's glory on the earth. So when we give our lives to Christ, we have fulfilled part A of the original assignment. And when we do that, we are now empowered to fulfill part B of the assignment. So in Romans 8... His, um, Paul was speaking and says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits in eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Why is the earth waiting? Because even the earth is groaning because the original plan for the earth is the glory of God and not seen. So the earth understands what it's supposed to be that it's not. And he's waiting for the sons of God. Why is he waiting for the sons of God? Because the earth in his original design has replicated after his kind. And Jesus has come as man to redeem us back to glory. So that we as glory can redeem the earth back to glory. And so in verse 20 it says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from his bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have who have the first fruit of the Spirit. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. Woo, hallelujah. 
So we've established now that the earth is waiting for glory. Yes, verse 20, and, and God has restored glory back. And that means the earth now has hope that glory can be restored because we have been redeemed. Is somebody excited? Do you know, and I, and I say that for every time I say glory, I mean weight, I mean presence, I mean light, I mean the fullness of God staying upon a place until the entire earth looks like God's dwelling place. Do you know that John could not, when John had a revelation of the throne of God, he did not have the words to describe it. He said that the excellence of the place looked like white gold. Have you ever seen white gold before? She gold is gold in color. <laughs> yes? Hallelujah. And verse 24 says, for this hope we were saved. Did you hear that? For this hope we were saved. What's the hope? That the original will of God will still happen. See, for the, in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees, right? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Hallelujah. John 17. Now, I'm going to John 17. Woo. We see that the fulfillment of Jesus' assignment was to bring God's glory to the earth. Yes, in verse 4. Because Jesus said, I've glorified you on earth, having accomplished. So, when Jesus was saying to his disciples in Matthew, and says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, what was he talking about? He has received back his glory. He now says, now go therefore into the world. That means the glory I have received, which in John 17, 24. He says, the glory that you have given me, I have now given them. So he says, now go therefore into the world and make other glories of other nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus left to us is that ministry of reconciling the earth back to God. And how are we reconciling the earth back to God? It's not just carrying the earth and carrying God and joining their hands together and say, finally take. No, it's that the glory of God, that the weight, that the, the glory of God covers the earth. That means the earth is prepared to be a place that can house the glory of God. Hallelujah. So... Two things. Yes, the glory of God, we have to be the glory first, right? That means we have to be able in, to carry the weight of God's full presence. So understand that every consecration you do, for every decision you make for Christ, for every pain that you go through, for every travail that you go through, for every tears that you cry, for every discipline that you make for the sake of Christ, you are preparing an environment within you that can house the weight of God that comes upon you. When Jesus was speaking, he says, the glory that I had with you. That means our glory must be, the first glory that we have must be our intimacy 
with God. That is where he can pass. You know how when couples have been together for a while, they begin to look alike. The Bible was speaking in 2 Corinthians. It says, as we look upon, we are being transformed into the image of God from one level of glory to another. So the intimacy that we have in, in, in with God forms us into glory. We are being perfected. That means glory has levels. And it's the level... The level of glory that you have is the level that you can replicate. So if the only glory you have is the fact that you are saved, that's the only glory you can replicate. But if you have gotten the glory of salvation and you have grown into the glory of the lifestyle, because I shared with you in the beginning that there is a process. Yes, you will be born and then you will live and then you will have power to become and to execute. So if the level of glory that you have is just being born again, that's the only level that you can translate, you can replicate, you can transfer. But if you grow from that level of glory and you get to a place where you have the life that you live, you can speak like Paul that it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I live, I live for the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then you are able to transfer life to life. That means with your presence, people can live godly lives because you have glory, because glory has come into the room. You are not having discussions of, oh, am I afraid to go to hell? Because you have moved from one level of glory. You have come into another level of glory. And at this place, is life that you are transferring. It's life. You are doing life for life. So as you get the glory from God and you are being transformed into the image of God, you have the capacity to transform another into the image of God. But beyond that, you move from that level of glory. Can I hear an amen? And you move to the place where we have tarried with the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And now we can be witnesses. That means we can transfer power for power. That means we can stand as intercessors, gates of nations and cities. And we can stand and we can display power for power. See, at the level of the glory of life, you are still unable to combat forces. You can only display your life. Can you still hear me? You can only display your life. But by the time you move to the path, have you ever wondered why 11 fishermen, yes, will stand? See, when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, these are people who ran away then, Jesus resurrected them, he went to find them, gathered them and said, why do you leave me? See my hand, Thomas, it's really me. He gathered them and I said, okay, I understand. All that you have, because you believed in me, is life. So there's not much you can do except be an example on how people to live. But come and wait in Jerusalem and you will receive power. And when you receive power, you'll be my witnesses. And so fishermen that gather, you know, you know that when they gather, they're still, okay now, let's just try one more time. And they gathered, ha, and the Bible says that they were praying. And it says that the Spirit of the Lord came in like a mighty rushing wind. And there were coals of fire on their head. And they began to speak in new tongues. And the Bible records that people saw them and thought they were drunk, but Peter came up. This is the same Peter that went back fishing. Peter came up and says, we are not drunk. We are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We have 
we have been with Jesus, whom you crucified. Do you know the amount of boldness that you, you, you need to have to stand in front of the people who killed Jesus and to say, no, we have come to talk to you about the one whom you crucified, like in your face. You need a level of power to stand before the princes of these times that are warring against the minds of this generation. You need a level of glory to say, no, 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 you have reigned enough, I'm here now. Glory has come upon this place. And no, this, this far and no more. You need power. Do you think that, that the, the generational causes that has the power, the lever, to go from generation to generation to generation, do you think they came to play? Or do you think they just say, okay, um, I just feel like tormenting... Um, a few people in this family, but you know, I'm just here for a for a while. When people are ready, people can send me out. Oh no, they've come to mark territory, they've come to claim ground, they are standing on legal protocols, and they're saying, We came here by blood, whatever blood sacrifice that your ancestor did, we came here by blood and we are going nowhere. But for you, you it's not the glory of life you used to combat that. It's the glory of power that you used to combat that. And you say that now I have come because I've also come by blood. I'm standing on legal grounds here because he who the son has set free is free indeed. And upon this protocol, I stand to liberate my generation from this demon. And you stand your ground. See, the disciples, apostles of Jesus Christ, they stood their ground through shipwrecks. They stood their ground through persecution. They stood their ground through everything. And it's because they did that we have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That glory has left them. Even though they are dead and gone, that glory has transferred to us. The Bible was speaking in Hebrews and it says that it will fail us to speak about all these people who through faith, they conquered territories. They received their dead back to life. And even though they didn't see the promise, they did not waver in their faith. You need power to be consistent. You need power to stand to see that the, the words of God over you can still come to pass. You need a level of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody excited. Is somebody excited this morning? Woo! Okay. I'm going to read a scripture for you. I'm, I'm rounding up. Woo, hallelujah. So, even after we do all the things that we do while we are here, we will still not see the fullness of the glory of God. You know why? Because this current earth will keep replicating after its kind until it's fully restored. So even, even everything that we have done, we have moved from one level of glory to another level of glory. And we have conquered territories, principalities, powers, and wickedness, and we've done that. We will still not see the fullness of the glory of God because the earth will keep replicating after its kind. Yes? So, why is it now important for us to still go through all these things if the Lord is still going to wipe this earth because this earth is going to go. Yes, the heavens are going to go. So a new heaven and a new earth will be formed. Yes, so what's the point? Do you understand? We might as well just be born again, go and wait, then the Lord will scatter everywhere, start afresh, then we'll resume. But I need to show you why it's important. Woo. 
in Revelations 5. Can we read Revelations 5? Oh, no, sorry, we are going to read Revelation 7. So in Revelation 5, we see John beholding a revelation of how the world will be without the fulfillment, fulfillment of God's plan. But the angel of God tells him, of the Lord tells him not to weep because the lamb was already slain before the foundations of the world and the redemption of the earth had already begun. Hallelujah. The glory of God was revealed in Christ and we, little Christ, we are sharing that glory everywhere, correct? But the earth is still failing, right? So our task now eh, is to reconcile as many who will partake because there will come a time where Jesus says that, God says that he would, he would ransom his own. Yes, God, there's, there's something called rapture. Yes, what is rapture is not, is not what they showed us in that Mount Zion film, that God is looking forward to destroying people, but lucky are we who hear the trumpet and then we escaped, you know, the destruction. No, rapture is like a dad that is coming to take his own for what he's about to do. You know how when you want to do fumigation in your house, your dad must remove all of you from the house and take you somewhere to a hotel to stay so that you can fumigate the house and prepare the house for you to return to. Yes, so if your only rejoicing is that you have escaped, what you are saying is that you are happy that you are in a house they are trying to fumigate, but you went to the hotel and you left your siblings in the house so that when they are fumigating, they will fumigate plus all your siblings. That's what you are rejoicing about. The reason why we carry the glory of, of, of God and we replicate that glory everywhere is because we are packing our siblings because we are going to the hotel to wait so that when the Lord comes and destroys the heaven and earth, you know that we will still return, but we are not the only ones that want to return. We want everyone everywhere to return by the time we are coming back to the earth. The Bible says in Revelation 7, after this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on the earth or sea or any, any, against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from rising rising of the sun and the seal of the living God and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who have been giving power to harm, to fumigate the earth and the sea saying do not harm the earth and the sea or the trees until we have sealed until we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. And I heard that the number, number of the sealed, 144. You know, sometimes we've had so many theological debates about who will make it, whether it's only the 144, if we are among the 144. So let's jump the 144. Since we are not in the original plan in the first place. Do you understand? We, we are the Gentiles that God had mercy upon us. So we are not in the 144. Let's cuckoo, remove our name from the list. But we are not forgotten. Let's go to verse 9. Hallelujah. I need somebody to be excited. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and from all tribes and people and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders, do you remember the first scripture we read? 
Do you remember? When John was crying that nobody was able to open the scroll and the elder comforted him and Jesus opened the scroll, yes? And they worshipped. Now we have come to verse 7. Yes, and it says, and the angel was standing around the throne and the elder saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. This is where I'm getting to. Then one of the elders addressed me and saying, one of, the eld- one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? And I said, notice in verse 5, it was John asking the questions. But in verse 7, it's the elder that is asking John, the, the human glory. And it's John that is now responding to the elder, saying, sir, you know. And he said to me, says, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they, they, they are before the throne of God and they serve day and night in its temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Hallelujah. They shall hunger no more, nor that test anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living waters and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. So when Jesus says, and God, as God sent him, so is he sending us. We must understand the weight and the glory of that call. For Revelation 7, you see all the people from every tongue, every nation, every language, every tribe, that come before him now wearing white. And God is their shepherd guiding them. We, it's for these ones that we remain glory. It's for these ones that we travel. It's for these ones we are consecrated. It's for these ones that we maintain our internal environment because the weight of the glory of God cannot come upon something that cannot handle that weight. So there are certain things about your life you are still doing. You are not ready for weight. You are not ready for weight. If your conversations are still around the glory of salvation, Shay, if I do this thing, I'll still make heaven. If that's where your consecration is, you are not ready for weight. And, and, and please know eh, that for every soul you win, you have contended against a power that's holding that soul. They are, not, they are not just hanging around waiting, save me, save me. Because a sinner does not know they are sinners. Because they are dead in their sin. Have you seen a dead man that is aware that he's dead? Have you ever gone to the grave and they, they know they've died? They don't know they've died, but they have died. So we have a lot of people in the world that don't know they are dead. They have the right sounding arguments. They understand the letters of the word of God. They can wear you down with their arguments and philosophy. But today we are 
standing in power against every imagination, every thought that rises itself above the knowledge of God. We are getting people to a place where they can be convicted by the Spirit of God and they can receive the message of salvation that transforms them from not just being saved, but living a life of being saved. And this one, the Bible says, when we go into the world, we are not to save people or convert them. We are supposed to make disciples. That means we are supposed to get people to a place where they have power enough to make other replications of the glory of God. And that's the only way that the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea until we have all of us operating at the level of glory that is power. And then we can finally rejoice at the end of all time when you see your brothers in arms walking towards that new heaven and that new earth where the Lord has redeemed and cleansed and become. The Bible says that when we have taken up to him, we, we don't know how we should be now. But when we get to where he is, just as he is, we will be. Except you want only 144 to make it. I need you to understand the weight. If God in his mercy included you who were wild olive branches and grafted you and grafted you into the original plan, why would you carry that weight just for you to make it? Why would you rejoice that only you made it to heaven? For what, for what cause is it that the Son of Man should give everything for just you? You must understand the weight of his glory. You must understand the rep responsibility that he is. That you must replicate God. Do you know what it means for somebody to see you and see God? In his light and in his presence in everything that he carries. That is what glory is. Glory is weight. So when we stand and say, let the weight of the glory of God come. So what we are asking for is that we need that power to ensure that everyone makes it everyone makes it into the original will of God that's what we are asking for when we ask for the glory of God I need you to understand that when God gives a vision and he says everyone everywhere becoming one with God, what he's saying is that every, see the Bible says it clearly that it's not his will that any man should perish. But God has to still come and cleanse the earth because the earth too has to be restored to glory. So until we get everybody out in glory, so that when the Lord restores the earth to glory, we can come in and be what he intended us to be. Until that, our mission is not accomplished. Until that, our work is not finished. Until that, we haven't fully carried the weight of the glory of God. So it's not about God pasting posters everywhere so that we we'll know he exists. God is not interested in you knowing that he has power to defeat. God is interested in that power being converted to make people unto glory. God is not in competition with anybody. That you are standing outside and you're saying, my God is bigger than you. yours. For what sake? For what is it to God? That you are bragging about his power. If that bragging is not converted into making glory. When Paul was speaking about his bragging in his weaknesses. Why was he bragging in his weaknesses? So that for the glory of the people, the cause that God has given him to the Gentiles, he may still make it. That is why you are called. 
This is why you are chosen. This is why we, we live to see everyone, everywhere, becoming one with God. We're not here to scare people and tell them that if you don't give your life to Christ, you won't make it to heaven. No, we are trying to tell people that you don't know yet what you can be until you have seen glory. When Jesus was saying greater things than this, will you do? Do you know what he was saying? That when he came bodily upon the earth to redeem you, he accomplished phase one of the plan. So when he was saying greater things than this will you do, is that he has given you power to complete phase two of the plan. That is the greater things than this. So, so stop imagining that Jesus can walk on water so he can walk on water. He was not trying to perform a miracle walking on water. He was trying to get to the disciples, to the glory he was making, he was forming. I need you to understand the glory of God. I'm going to take a few minutes to pray. Please help me play that song. Oh, go, go. Hallelujah. I want to pray for people who who want to receive power. If you want to live above the level of glory that you are in and you want the power to make glory, if you want to really be part of the plan, I want you to come. We're going to pray together. Ogo in Yoruba means glory. And so we're just saying that the weight of God's glory should come upon us. We have said over and over that this serve, this one conference is an activation event. It is a commissioning service. It's an activation event that we will go and become everything that God knows that we can be. No more making decisions for decision making sake. In us is the fullness of God. Yesterday we learned that for us to be imitators of Christ, everything that is in Christ has been given us. So we have the potential to be. If Jesus, a 33-year-old man with only a three-year ministry, can change the world, if 12 men only 12 men can change and rewrite the course of history how much more us how much more us how much more us just lift your hands to the Lord and say here I am earlier we learned that our response should be here I am send me here I am send me just one minute. But please understand what you are coming out for before we pray. When you agree to be the temple of the Lord, one of the things that God did in the Old Testament when he was making his temple is that he had to purify and consecrate the temple so that it can fit in what he wanted. So this prayer you are making this evening is saying, God, consecrate me. Make me ready. Make me ready. No more playing games. No more being 
light about these things. No more, no more, no more. Because of the weight we are asking for. Because of the weight we are asking for. Just ask the Lord where you are and say, God, I have come out as a symbol of my faith and declaration. I have come out as an act to show that this is me saying this. Here I am, Lord. Prepare me. Prepare me. Prepare me.